0: Hey guys, it's me, Nancy Jane Smith. Welcome back to The Happier Approach, the show that pulls back the curtain on the need to succeed, hustle, and achieve at the price of our inner peace and relationships. I am so excited to dive into a brand new season. We've got eight episodes coming up, all on a topic that has both frustrated and fascinated me over the years. That topic is rest. I know what you're thinking, rest? I don't have time for rest. Well, I thought that for a long time too. But in the past few years, I've realized that really listening to my mind and body and fighting against that instinct to go, go, go can be a total game changer, especially in a world where stressful things are happening every freaking day. I am well aware from personal experience it can be particularly hard for people with high functioning anxiety to ignore that nagging monger voice when it comes to rest. The one that says, you don't deserve to rest. What if something bad happens while you're resting? Stay vigilant. But I'm here to tell you, you do deserve rest, to feel restored. However, that looks for you personally because it looks different for everyone. I am exhausted, a friend said to me. I mean, soul level exhausted. Yes, I thought, me too. This is a refrain I have heard from clients, friends, and myself. We are exhausted. When I think about what we have collectively been through in the past two plus years, global pandemic, increased gun violence, crazy weather due to climate change, the polarization of our politics and culture, threats to our democracy, and a war in Ukraine. Everywhere you look, there is pain and suffering. And that doesn't even take into account all the personal traumas we have pushed through and dug deep around. No wonder we are exhausted We keep piling on more and more and more, with no time for rest. By the time we finish one major drama, we are on to the next. Over the past few months, I have been digging deep to keep pushing and giving, giving, giving. I've ignored my body's signs of fatigue. I've pushed past the pain, stomach issues, and headaches. And rather than seeing them as signs to rest, I've worn them as a warped badge of honor. But that is not something I'm proud of. This is an area where I need a lot of growth. And I think that's where my friend was when she said, I'm so exhausted. At the end of May, I decided I couldn't push anymore. I needed to rest. I booked a short getaway to French Lick, Indiana for my husband and me. I set realistic expectations. I knew I was too tired for romance. I needed sleep. I was expecting my monger to criticize me for resting, but turns out I was too tired to care. All I did for three days was sleep. The only decisions I had to make were where to eat and where to rest. It was fantastic and blissful. And yet, on the drive home, back into reality, I realized that I still felt exhausted. Three days of sleep was but a drop in the bucket for the level of weariness I was feeling. On that drive, somewhere in Ohio, I decided I wanted to explore this idea of rest on a deeper level. Those of us with high-functioning anxiety have an especially tense relationship with rest. My first response when I realize I'm exhausted is, I shouldn't be tired. Why am I tired? And so I try to justify my fatigue or beat myself up for it. If I can justify my tiredness and it passes my monger's test. Well, I deserve to be tired. I can rest. But only for a little bit. There is a lot to get done. People who need care. Push, push, push. The more exhausted I get, the more I push myself. And once I do this push, push, push behavior for a few days or a week... It's like a lever gets triggered internally and I hit the place of no return. My monger takes over and screams, there will be no resting. My anxiety goes sky high and my unhealthy coping skills come into play. My monger regularly chimes in with, only you can
1: do this, they
0: will mess it up. You must control everything for it to go well, because it must be perfect. There is no time for practicing ask, acknowledging feelings, or slowing down. My monger is driving the bus going off-road at 100 miles an hour. Sometimes when I feel like this, in the throes of a monger attack and beyond exhausted, I'll reach out to a friend to try to sort through what's going on and make sense of my feelings. That's why I reached out to my friend Stephanie. Hi, Steph. Hi. This is my
1: friend, Stephanie Pollock. I am a leadership coach and community builder for progressive, purpose-driven women who want to create social impact in the world.
0: Stephanie and I met many years ago at a conference. We were fast friends. Being in the same business and dealing with some of the same issues with high-functioning anxiety gave us a lot to talk about. Eventually, we started talking back and forth every day. Yeah, it was funny because I know you're getting ready to leave on vacation. And then I'm getting ready to leave on vacation. And I said to Doug, I was walking upstairs to go to bed last night. And I said, Stephanie leaves on vacation next week. And then I'm going to be on vacation. And it's going to be like three weeks where we're not going to be together talking. And I said, it's just a really weird relationship that I have with her. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, yes, it is. I can't figure it out. He said, I can't figure it out. (laughs) Then that has to mean there's something special about it. There is something special about our relationship. We're able to talk freely with each other, to explore our ideas and feelings in a way that helps both of us to make sense of the world. And something we've been talking a lot about lately? Rest. What is your relationship with rest, Stephanie? Oh, it's totally
1: positive. I do it really well all of the time. (laughs) (laughs) I kid I struggle with rest yeah you know that you know I struggle with rest uh I am a type a ambitious achievement oriented for better for worse (laughs) often for worse type of person and so rest doesn't compute well with that like a lot of people Stephanie's fraught relationship with rest started when she was a kid When I was 14, you know, I was 14, I wanted to go to the mall with my friends. That's what you did at 14. Her dad made an offhand comment about Stephanie being lazy because she wanted to go to the
0: mall on a Saturday afternoon instead of doing chores. And even though he didn't really mean anything by it, that moment dramatically changed the way she saw rest.
1: From now on, it was like a dirty word. Something tweaked in my brain and I said, oh, I'm lazy. I need to change that and it was a really pivotal moment because it set into motion my (laughs) need to go after all the things to join all the teams to say yes to everything to work really hard you know it wasn't enough to be on the sports team I had to be the captain of the sports team and so that has been you know 30 years of my life because if you believe that your value is measured in your output and your achievements then rest is wasteful. (laughs) Right.
0: This all sounds way too familiar to me. I see it in my clients all the time and I see it in myself. But Stephanie and I are both practicing redefining for ourselves what it means to truly rest. Because it's not just about I'm going to go take a bubble bath. What I'm interested about rest is when we think about rest, I think, oh, it's taking the afternoon off to watch TV or it's you know, reading a good book or it's, you know, like that sort of stuff is rest. But it's also a mental, it's a mindset of I have 30 minutes, what can I do in this time to rest versus who can I talk to? What can I accomplish? What podcast do I need to listen to? That idea, I think, is something I'm trying to change in how I view rest that, oh, it's how I'm doing my day-to-day mindset Not just, oh, I'm taking an afternoon to spend in the garden because that doesn't seem to cut it anymore.
1: I read an article a number of years ago, and it's called The Seven Different Types of Rest. Mm -hmm. And that is something that always comes to my mind when I really think about what it means to rest and what kind of rest I need. That was interesting to
0: me, that there could be different kinds of rest to address different kinds of weariness.
1: So there's physical rest, which is both active and passive. So, you know, passive is like sleeping or napping, whereas active is like yoga or meditation or things like that. And then there's emotional rest, mental rest, spiritual rest, creative rest, social rest, and sensory rest. Mm -hmm. And that has been really helpful for me to really be able to tune into what kind of rest do I actually
0: need. So if you're a pretty good sleeper, it's easy to say, Well, you got eight hours of sleep. Why are you tired? What's your problem? But if you look at rest from this perspective, maybe physical rest isn't what you needed. Maybe you needed social rest or emotional rest. For Stephanie, what she often needs is
1: sensory or
0: creative rest.
1: This brain of mine, it's on 24-7. It never stops. And it runs on overdrive. If I don't give it any room to just take a break by, you know, sensory meaning like stopping the scroll Mm -hmm. on Twitter or creative meaning you don't have to come up with an idea. You don't have to action something right now. That really helps me kind of dial that back again, imperfectly, but at least gives me a bit of a frame to say, yeah, you know, yeah, you're sitting here, you're drinking your coffee in the morning and that's restful.
0: So paint me a picture
1: of what true rest looks like to you. Well, as somebody who's had a very busy household, particularly during COVID with kids at home, husband at home working, I have realized true rest means I need some time alone I need quiet, uninterrupted time where I can just be, I don't have to do anything or say anything or be anything other than kind of whatever I need. The trouble for me is it's like we say these things like Mm -hmm. you just need to rest, you need to like slow down, you need to simplify, you need to give yourself some grace, which I totally believe. I say that to Mm -hmm. clients all of the time because they are so hard on themselves Mm -hmm. as I am to myself.
0: Someone tells me to give myself grace, what I hear them saying is, be the BFF, take the afternoon off, yeah. you know, when in reality, I think what we are saying is just be kind to yourself about all the stuff you have going on. I mean, my stress is at a seven, and that just tips me over into even more overfunctioning. functioning You'd think I would get to a seven or an eight, and I'd be like, no, now you need rest. No, it's like I go the opposite. Mm-hmm. So if I hit that tipping point, I just am way over. Yeah, I relate to that. I'm someone who finds it really hard to give myself grace, even in the best of times. But something I've been thinking about a lot lately is how this idea that the past few years have been a chance to reset has really messed with my idea of what rest looks like. So there was this myth of COVID. I remember at the time, like, oh, this is the great reset. And we're all going to figure out, you know, how important it is to be resting. And what I think COVID did was it forced us to step off the merry-go-round of stress and commitments, which was awesome. But then it also forced us into a world of no social contact with all these traumatic things happening. So now then the world reopens and we're kind of left with all this unresolved trauma, but now we're expected to deal with it. And so now we're out and our parents have aged, the kids have aged, everyone's stressed. Life has just gotten harder. Do you you agree with that? What are your thoughts on that?
1: think we are still trying to figure out what now looks like and what we want it to be and you know I think back to the early days you know my kids came home my husband came home it was just managing life it was managing homeschooling it was like oh it is really nice to take my you know type a brain down a notch and say no you just can't Mm -hmm. do these things you don't have to feel guilty about them you don't have to wonder should I could I would I because Mm -hmm. it's just not on the table and then we kind of did the ebb and flow of COVID, like it's back, it's, it's dipping, it's back, it's dipping. I just, you know, personally felt like I was on that roller coaster of like, how much do I invest in my work in this way, in a project, knowing that it could change. I think we are all Now exhausted. Everybody I talk to is exhausted. When I operate like that, I just start to operate a little bit by default. So it's like, well, okay, you know, what did we used to do? I'll just start doing those things again. Mm -hmm.
0: The word default there is totally accurate. Like that's how I feel. I mean, that's how I feel. And I can see that in my clients that it's just kind of like, I just picked up where I left off. Mm -hmm. But what we're doing is we're ignoring The anxiety and the trauma and, you know, and a little T trauma for many people. Many people was a big T trauma of COVID. But, you know, we're ignoring what we went through and how anxiety provoking and awful that was. And part of that is because we're all done. And so we don't want to talk about it. We have been through hell Mm -hmm. and we can't just pretend that hell didn't happen. And go right back into our lives. And I think that's why, you know, so many of my clients are back at their jobs working 50, 60 hours. And they're
1: like, I should be able to do this because I did it before. I think that's so true. Like, we're done. The threat isn't imminent in the way it was. We're still, we're back to work. We're back at the social engagements. We're doing all these things. But all that stored up years worth of, you know, sitting at 3.30 to watch our chief medical officer tell us what the numbers are. I feel that... All of those micro experiences Mm -hmm. through the pandemic the sitting and listening to the health officer the scrolling through twitter all of those micro things that have long since passed now they're over right but i feel like somewhere they're a little still embedded in me and that they have accumulated to a point where i don't feel some days like i have that same get up and go Mm -hmm. that i used to have pre-pandemic even though the conditions are available now for me to reactivate that. I do notice that my capacity it's like I once was operating at a tank of you know 100% and now my tank is like a good yeah. 60. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. And I keep yeah. trying to like get it up to 70 and fill it up more. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, we're staying at 60, friend. Like, we're just going to be here for a while. And that is really frustrating. And then that sends my monger into overdrive. Yeah. But I think it is somewhere
0: in the acknowledging what we've been through. Like, it is kind of admitting I'm at 60. And I'm not going to beat myself up for that. I'm just going to recognize. I'm just going to give myself grace. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I think it is acknowledging why we're at a 60 yes, versus just giving ourselves grace for the fact that we are at a 60, but consistently bringing it up
1: like, dude, look what you've lived through. <laughs> Get a yeah, grip. Okay. But here's the problem. So I'm just going to be real. We can, yeah. we can say that. <laughs> you've said it to me. I've said it to you. Yeah. We've said it to our clients and our friends. Like- dude, mm-hmm. of course you're here, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, of course. Of course you're feeling that way. And then I can go, yeah, like that's okay that I am. But the other part of me is like, and and like, what am I going to do to fix it? Right. Like, totally. Because I'm, you know, and when is it going to end? Could you give me an right. end date, please? <laughs> because then I can get on board with this whole grace thing. But if this is just the new normal, I'm not down with that. Right. For high-functioning people, you know, or people. It's like, and what do I do to move to the other side of this? And that's what I haven't figured out. That's what I don't know the answer to. Do you have the answer, Nancy? I don't. That's why I'm doing a podcast (laughs) series on rest. (laughs) But it is the magic question because part of me goes... Like, if I just slept an extra hour and ate a little more spinach, would this Mm -hmm. make the difference? Like, I jest. But seriously, you know, am I just now at a 60 indefinitely? Am I going to incrementally move 61, 62, 63? Or do I just need to, like, get over myself and be okay with being at 60 for a while until I'm not? Right. That's what I'm trying
0: to do. And it's not fun or easy but it's just all of these demands I have on me are going to stick around and so I how do I do life knowing that and then have this capacity that I can only do 60% and I have to come to some acceptance of the fact this is the reality right now
1: mm-hmm.
0: because trying to slam myself into a box I'm killing myself I mean I'm I'm wasting 20% more of my energy doing that so now I'm down to 40% because I'm beating <laughs> myself up all day <laughs> Making that adjustment takes patience. It takes time and a willingness to sit with yourself and really ask, what do I need right now? What kind of rest would be helpful to me in this season of my life? And sometimes remembering that we're all on this crazy merry-go-round together for just a short time can help us make peace with where
1: we're at. You know next week I'll be on vacation and we go to this place every year so my mother and father-in-law are on the coast of Canada in a beautiful spot right on the ocean it's just picturesque and it really it is restful for me to be there it's called Cathedral Grove and it is a forest you know there's a tree there that's 800 years old so it's full of these old 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 trees and it For me, when I go there, it is that kind of spiritual rest part. You know, I'm not a religious person, but it is that kind of spiritual rest of remembering that things have come and gone, people have come and gone. What are the things that actually really matter here? And how can I use this 60% toward those things as opposed to constantly bemoaning that I'm not at 80 or 90 or 100? Mm -hmm. But I still can be intentional about how I think about what's important to me and where I'm going to put my energy. Like, this is the cycle of life. I am part of it. I am not it. I am part of it. And it's very grounding for me to just kind of remember that You know, like, this is what it means to be human. We have these ebbs and flows, right? And I find that really helpful.
0: Taking back the wheel from my monger when she's going full speed crazy, trying to tell me that I should be operating at 100% when that's just not possible. Acknowledging that impossibility and putting on the brakes is messy. Because when I put on the brakes, all the feelings I've been avoiding bubble up. And initially, my anxiety increases as I go from lots of distractions to none. If you too are exhausted from pushing and pushing, digging deep to keep all the plates spinning in the air at once, hit subscribe because this season of the podcast will help. We must rest. And over the next eight episodes, we will be looking at the concept of rest from all different angles. We'll talk to a sleep expert to help us learn all about sleep. We'll explore rest through mindfulness and meditation, through the seasons of our lives. We'll even hear about the power of napping. We'll also look at why it's so hard for those of us with HFA to rest and what to do about it. Like how to take a truly restful vacation, how to break the belief that I can suffer better so I need to keep pushing, and how to stop treating our bodies like machines. I'm so excited for this season and hopeful that we will have found a way to ease our weariness by the end. That's it for this week. In our next episode, we'll talk to a cognitive neuroscientist and author who's focused her career on researching the power of sleep. We'll learn about why sleep is so important and what you can do to embrace this important element of rest in your own life. That's next time on The Happier Approach. The Happier Approach is produced by Nikki Stein and me, Nancy Jane Smith. Music provided by Pod5 and Epidemic Sound. For more episodes, to get in touch, or to learn more about quieting high-functioning anxiety, you can visit nancyjanesmith.com. And if you like the show, leave us a review. It actually helps us out a lot. Thanks to my friend, Stephanie Pollock for speaking with us today. You can learn more about Stephanie, reach out to her, or listen to her awesome podcast, Everyday Leadership for Smart Women, at stephaniepollock.com. The Happier Approach will be back with another episode in two weeks. Take care. Until then.